What it do? No, 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 no. That's not what they said. What did B5 say? Don't you want to be the one I'm scheming on? Be my love. Don't you want the finer things? Don't you, girl, don't you? Let's go jumping. No, they say, baby, what it do? Mm. Beautiful people. Uh, there's a song stuck in my head right now. I just want to get it out. Farther along, we'll know all about it. Help me out. Farther along, we will understand why. Cheer up, my brother. Cheer up, my brother. Live in the sunshine. Listen, what's up, y'all? It's your girl, Jess Rock, a.k.a. Jess, a.k.a. Jessie, a.k.a. Baldy, a.k.a. your favorite Baldy, a.k.a. the Fader Red. Shout out to all the devastating divas of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. Listen, it has been six months, so I'm back. You're back, obviously, because you're listening to this. We're back, and I have so much to share. I'm going to be all over the place uh, with this episode, but I'm really just going to be kind of speaking my mind on a few things. We're really just checking in. Oh my goodness, 2021 is already almost gone. Uh, We're still dealing with this whole COVID pandemic thing, and we will for a while. But it's really crazy to think how all of this started almost a year and a half ago. Time is flying, and lessons are being learned. So... Before we do what we got to do, grab your water, grab your snacks. It's 931 here on the East Coast. Prop your feet up because you already know it's time to get into it. Hey. So first things first, um, I've never really just discussed it on here for no reason other than it's just kind of been a topic that I wanted to isolate to its own episode. But I think because this is just going to be like a popcorn episode, I'm going to touch on it. Um, You haven't really heard from me on here, especially in the last six months, because I've been dealing with depression and my anxiety. Uh, Long story short, I was clinically diagnosed with depression, PTSD, uh, insomnia, and general anxiety disorder when I was eight years old, 19 years ago. Um, And as an adult, you know, with therapy and, 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 and medication growing up and things like that, I've definitely gotten better with being able to recognize when these things start to affect me. And um, I'm becoming more comfortable with isolating myself and actually accepting the fact that, hey, you're not a robot, right? You're not superwoman. You have feelings just like other people. And sometimes you just need to isolate yourself from people until you get some stuff together. 
Uh, what's been going on with the mental health? What triggered it? First of all, there don't necessarily ever have, have to be triggers, right? People struggle with these things mentally all the time. And there are things that may trigger it. And some people, I mean, it just may come out of nowhere. I've had my bouts with depression where I don't know what the hell happened. But I just know that um, I'm depressed. And I don't know how to get out of the funk. But I just got to let the funk pass by. Um, I have been in a very toxic situation at work. I mean, there's really no other way to put it. Once I once I leave this job, which this is my last week uh, on the job, I will be more than happy to go into detail about it. I'm not concerned about retaliation or anything, but I have been in a very much needed transition in my life. I've been very comfortable this last year that I've been in Atlanta, July 14th, made um, a year in Atlanta, and. Um, I just started to see a lot, some people's true colors. I don't let a lot of people in, but this person, I did let them in. Um, I considered them, you know, somebody who was a mentor, who had my best interest at heart. And, you know, the minute I told this person no, that I wasn't going to do something because I needed to dedicate my time to something else, uh, which would better me, then that's whenever things really begin to shift. Um, one of the things that this person did not help with actually had me messed up in the head for a few months and that was a letter of recommendation that I needed for grad school but I ended up getting accepted into grad school so that's some good news in um 13 days August the 23rd I will be starting my very first semester of graduate school at the Jackson State University where I am a master of arts in history candidate Anybody who knows me knows I've been wanting to go to Jackson State for a very long time. That's where I wanted to do undergrad. And so I'm very excited to be able to uh, be a Tiger. Prairie Union University is still the greatest HBC in the land, but Jack, the Jackson State University is right behind. Nonetheless, um, even after receiving that news in May, it's just like things got even harder. And so I really just had to kind of take a step back these last two weeks, but Great news is here. Great news is coming. And, um, you know, once I separate myself from all of that, then we'll be good. But, yes, the mental health has been a trip. Yeah. it's Man, it's been a trip. But that's all for that. Actually, no, that's not all for that. Mental health is real, all right? Black people are going through it just like everybody else. Mental health affects black people like it affects every other human being. Do not feel as though you cannot talk to anyone. Regarding, there are crisis hotlines, there are suicide prevention lines, there are uh, phone lines for substance abuse and, 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 and um, you know, domestic violence, all of that, guys. Like, your health in general is essential. I'm going to touch on that in another episode, the importance of staying on top of your mental health, especially mental health in black America. But let's move to the next topic. Because you've been better than good to me. Come on, real big. Because you've been better than good. When I thought it was over, you've been better than good to me. My taste and smell, so y'all know I had COVID back in January. From January 4th to the 28th, I was pretty much out. 
I ended up getting the first dose of the Moderna. No, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. I got Pfizer. The first dose of the Pfizer vaccine in mid-April. And my taste and smell came back significantly. Where in August, my taste and smell is nowhere near the same like it used to be. Um, it takes time for certain uh, fragrances to break through. Uh, so I can smell them. And so you can imagine it takes time for certain flavors to break through so I can taste them. I've heard of like different like aromatherapy and stuff that you can do. But it's on a scale of 1 to 10. Before I got the vaccine, my taste and smell was at about a 3. Now it's at about a 7. So I'm pretty satisfied. Um, it could definitely be a lot stronger. I don't really know when it'll come back. I know people who had COVID back whenever it first started, almost a year and a half ago, and uh, they still don't have their taste and smell back. So I'm grateful for the little things. Um, I think it's all gonna be about, you know, building up immunity for what's to come. We have a flu season coming and we have uh, a virus that is like the flu. Uh, that affects the respiratory system in other areas that they're actually really not familiar with. So uh, getting vaccinated is essential. I feel like a lot of people are going to start jumping when the vaccine is actually FDA approved, but I don't think people really just like understand like they're not just injecting like random stuff in us. The vaccine was approved for emergency use. Listen, do what you want to do, all right? But understand that this Delta variant that, that we're dealing with affects children and younger people um, a lot, way more than adults. And that's what science is saying. And I'm going to trust science because science is based off of what? Actual events, actual trials, actual things that are factual and not opinions and emotions right the concern with the delta variant for me is these individuals who are walking around that are unmasked and unvaccinated and they're the children that are under 13 there is no vaccine ready for them the babies are my concern and they've always been my concern because the adults know better those who are 12 and old those who are 13 and older have some type of better comprehension obviously than a kindergartner to wear your mask because you don't have a vaccine. Don't get me started on these governors. You know, uh, shame on Greg Abbott. Shame on, uh, what's his name? Rick, Ron, DeSantis, um, and who's the other one? Um, it was Florida and Texas. I think Mississippi Tate was doing something too. Uh, and I'm pretty sure Brian Kemp is coming right, right behind him. But, you know... Shame on all these governors with these non-mask mandates, but shout out to all these superintendents and these school officials who are saying, hey, screw what the governor has to say. Uh, we're going to protect our kids. And that's the beautiful part of education, right? Education is all about the children. And so I can appreciate that. Do what you want. But listen, if you're not going to get vaccinated, wear your mask. I mean, come on now. You can't walk around. You never in life have you ever been able to have your cake and eat it too. So continue to be responsible adults. Um, Nonetheless, moving on.
the praise right here. You know, one day I do aspire to be an administrator at a historically black college and university. And as much as I advocate for HBCUs, the HBCU is no different than any other business or organization uh, that runs. And it has its strengths, it has its weaknesses, it has its opportunities, and it has its threats. Um, The strength of the HBCU is simply the history in the historically black colleges and universities, right? Uh, The weaknesses of the HBCU can be found in the lack of financial support and in funding that is intentionally been left out by these governing bodies, by these state legislators, by these local lawmakers and things like that. Uh, The opportunities of the HBCUs are endless. What are we talking about? What are we talking about statistically? HBCUs are uh, the providers of the degrees for over 50% of black judges, attorneys, uh, dentists, STEM majors, so on and so forth. So, I mean, the opportunity is endless. It's school. The threat to the HBCU, though, and what and what has always been the threat is leadership sometimes. Sometimes what I have noticed is that um, black people, man, I love us, but we can be self-centered on a completely different level. We can be self-centered in a way that we don't really realize the domino effect sometimes of what certain calls of power that take place at the top can cause at the bottom. And I have seen way too many times schools where the students were the bottom. And it was very confusing to me because it's like, well, how are, how are we the bottom if it's our tuition at some schools that pay your salary? Yes, you have donations. Yes, you have endowment. Yeah, you have all this stuff. But we don't put the student first enough. And we end up cheating the students. We do. There was an article that came out about an HBCU uh, a couple weeks ago. And the article, just in short, discussed fraudulent degrees being awarded to students. How do you rob a student of that achievement? And so what happened is these degrees have been awarded five plus years ago. And now these students are coming out of this university and they're not able to secure actual jobs because they lack the skills or the comprehension or the ability to be able to understand the rigorous, the rigorous work that goes into these jobs. On top of that, this institution that was once considered prestigious is now considered a degree meal. Cronyism, nepotism is present and it's not just at this institution i've seen it at a number of hbcus that will be the downfall of the hbcu lack of integrity to do the right thing incompetence in some areas lack of concern because what happens when these leaders do wrong they end up leaving and going somewhere else and what do we do we let them come to us even though they've been problematic Or we let these boards of trustees and regents, amongst other things, 
make all the calls. Let me tell you something. And I put this on Twitter. HBCUs, if your younger alumni want to work at your HBCU, consider it. Consider it. They are in tune with the most important population on that campus, and that is the student body. Let them do it. It's no reason why somebody should be a department chair anymore. These days, there's no reason why a department chair should be serving in a row for 15 plus years. I don't care if at every evaluation, they got a 99.99. It's time to move around. Those of us who are being educated at these institutions from these very people who are holding these positions forever and a day, It's, 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 it's time to start ushering this new generation in, right? I'm not going to go as far as to say tenure degrees are going out of style. But what I will say is this. My generation is now, we are at that age. And that generation behind us is going to be even more dangerous in terms of really understanding what we have access to. Making the most out of what we have because we have access to the world at our fingertips. And at one point in time, that was something that was unheard of. So I understand the complacency. I understand that maybe not being able to catch up. So you don't want to welcome in that new blood because you don't want that new blood to take over and possibly take your job. But times are changing and somebody once thought that about you. And I'm tired of it. I'm tired of these leaders coming in, running these schools in their own way, shape, or form, from presidents to vice presidents to directors to deans to uh, department heads to professors, making mistakes that students end up having to pay for because people didn't want to do their job correctly or they didn't want to do their job at all, and the students are on the receiving end of it. And then you wonder why alumni don't give back like they could. HBCU leadership right now is 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 just something that um it's always been something but I definitely pay attention to it a lot more because you know this is an arena that I want to get in and not all HBCU presidents or vice presidents or directors or deans are like this at all not all of them but sometimes one bad apple can spoil a bunch and it's not fair at the end of the day for students to feel that negative impact of those who aren't genuine. You know, I've been having problems at work, and one of the things that um, my aunt has, has, has always been telling me is, you know, your generation is not the generation that's going to sit around and work at a job for 10, 15, 20 years because they don't have anywhere else to go. And that's facts. Um, I started this registrar role with Morris Brown in June of 2020. I resigned in July 1st, in July of this year. And before an announcement was even put out that I was no longer the registrar, there was a search committee for another registrar. And before an announcement was made that I wasn't the registrar, an announcement was made for the new registrar. There was no conversation. There was no talks. There was 
there was and still is a lot of frustration but there was no opportunity to try to understand or mend whatever was broken they just replaced me he just replaced me he made the call and you know all that told me was girl quit that job my brother and my mom have been telling me for a while just quit just quit because it was starting to affect my mental health. I was losing sleep. I was crying. I wasn't eating. I was just not normal. And they just ended up replacing me, which is fine. But this is just to whoever's listening. If you're contemplating on quitting, your, quit your job. Quit it. Quit. No job is worth your mental health at all. Maintain your peace. And it's so funny. Because the day after I quit that job, I got a call for another to interview for a, a role that I had applied for two or three months ago. And that was just God nudging, just waiting for me to move. Um, and I'll be happy to share the details about my new job later on, but quit that job. I don't know who this for. Send this to your friends, send this to your coworkers, send this to your child. I'm telling you what my mama and my brother said a long time ago. I did not quit my job because I love Morris Brown. And it, at the end of the day, it, it wasn't about me or the, the leadership. It was about the school. And I'm glad that I held on as long as I did. And I'm glad that we found another replacement. But, but whoever this is for, quit that job. Quit it. Yes, back to the roundabout. Your girl is in grad school. Um, it's really lit. I have wanted to attend Jackson State for undergrad. Shout out to Brian for taking me to JSU's homecoming in 2015. JSU was the only graduate school that I applied to because y'all know when I have my mindset on something. I have my mindset on something. Um, and so... I'm excited that I got in and it's going to be an interesting next two years. I'm excited about my growth that is to come. Um, I'm excited about the growth that I've been experiencing these last few months, man. Growth is uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable as hell. And you know what's funny? The times when I was just up and I couldn't rest and I didn't want to interrupt my family, I had nobody but God. And sometimes I would just say something real quick to him. You know, like, God, I'm here, and yeah, I need you. Right now, you're the only person. And, you know, I've just learned that isolation really allows you to hear uh, the word of the Lord. But, yeah, I'm in grad school. I'm so excited, man. I beat COVID. Um life is just good and i'm just happy that i'm able to really say that wholeheartedly 
like yes life is good life is great and we thank for our food amen So good to me, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, 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 so good to me, yeah. So that's it, y'all. That's a little update on my life um like i said i'm gonna have some more coming at you soon once i get some other things finalized but listen thank you so much for listening uh to another episode of i'm just saying y'all know i really just be coming on here to talk right like i really don't be talking about much but i just realized man i put on my close friends today it's been six months since i've given y'all a podcast episode uh next next we're gonna go uh we're gonna dive deep into sue into some pretty heavy topics uh but i definitely think it's important for anybody with a platform to discuss these things because life happens and it goes on so you know you can't always celebrate the wins and not really celebrate the losses especially the losses that you make it through right and every day is a new day and every day that we get to see um is a win right so thank you so much for tuning in I appreciate y'all. I'm going to see y'all next episode as my nephew, my baby, one of the love of my life. Michigan State Representative Joel Jones always says, peace and love. Holla. To everybody who knows my soul, to all of those who came before me, my time is now. I'm going to do it all over again. Ain't nothing going, nothing changed I'm still gonna do it my way yeah.